Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, friends. It hasn't escaped our notice that between the time that we recorded this episode and now, when we release it, terror has struck across the globe. And as I listen to reports of parents holed up in safe rooms with their children, urging them to be still and quiet so they can remain undetected and so that they can remain alive, I can't help but feel like I'm bound to those parents in these most awful of ways. I want you to know that if you're just super overwhelmed by life right now, it's okay. Everything that we've talked about in this episode will benefit you. And if you feel like I just can't right now, that's okay too. And this episode will be here for you whenever you feel like you're ready to engage. Take good care. the recent safety drills at our kids' schools, we were reminded of how much our lives and the lives of our children have been impacted by our country's record of mass shootings. Today, we get honest about how our country's epidemic of violence impacts us as women and as parents and ask the question, if so many people see this as a problem, why the hell is this still happening? You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Okay, so I have to tell you the story of what happened this week at my dinner table that got me thinking about this topic again, because I've been thinking about it for a while, but it never seems like the right time to bring it up until it's the right time to bring it up again. <laughs> so here's what happened. My littlest guy is in kindergarten for the first time, as most kindergartners are. He is going <laughs> to kindergarten, and this is his first year at school with the big kids. And he's been in, you know, about a couple of weeks. And most days he comes home and he tells us about story time or he tells us about going to recess or he tells us about gym class or snack, obviously the most important things of the day. And this particular day he came home and he started telling us about the safety drills that they did at school this week. We heard very little about tornado or fire. And we heard quite a bit, in a very matter-of-fact way, about the bad guy drills. My other kids have been at school for a long while, and their school's taken a lot of steps to improve school security. So these drills have been going on, both planned and unplanned, for a long while. They have become kind of accustomed to it. But my little guy, there was something about him talking about having to practice Especially when he said, and we all have places to hide in the classroom where a bad guy can't see us, that made everyone at the table like 
We all froze. My three other children, my husband, were kind of making eye contact across the table at one another like, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. And he was there just reporting the way that a five-year-old will report. And I'm thinking, what is it that I need to do at this moment as a parent? And I, I felt the need to reinforce, yeah, buddy, and what's the most important thing to do if you have a safety drill? It's really, really important that you're really, really quiet and that you really, really listen to what your teacher says. And again, I just thought, what am I doing How is this the conversation that I'm having with my kindergartner between the discussion of the game they played in gym class and who had a new snack? What is going on? Mm. You mentioned that these drills were happening at your school this week too. Yeah, they are. And, you know, I think that I don't know if it's universal. So our school, they do the drill differently for K through three mm-hmm. than fourth and fifth. Mm. So they don't really talk. I mean, when you get to third grade, you kind of know about it a little bit more. But so when um, my youngest was in kindergarten last year, they get suckers and they go into this bathroom and they get to suck on suckers mm-hmm. and, and they just have to stay quiet. So they really don't get into the details of it until... Mm-hmm fourth grade. Mm -hmm. So it's very just matter of fact, but he doesn't really say like a bad guy. My daughter will, my older one will, but we haven't really had to have, I don't know. He hasn't really said anything. Mm -hmm. We had the same conversation around our dinner table this week and both of them highlighted the fact that somebody farted. I'm not even kidding you. And I'm not (laughs) trying to bring, not trying to bring humor to a really heavy topic because it really is. But I mean, I I actually think the thought of it, my husband and I struggled with it a lot more than they did. Yeah. So in our district, the kids in fourth and fifth watch a video about it before Mm. they do any of the drills. Mm -hmm. And we as parents get to watch the video and then we can opt out of it if we want to. There was no need to. It was very developmentally appropriate. I was very happy about it. They leave a lot of the details out. It's just more if somebody who's not supposed to be in the school, who we don't know if they're safe, is in the school, this is what we do. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the details of it aren't a part of it at all. Mm -hmm. It's been harder for us, for my husband and I, as parents. Yeah. Just the thought of it. For sure. And I think this captures well this bizarre time that we're living in as adults and as parents. I mean, my kids don't watch the news. No, I don't think they really know, but like we know, we know as parents why, you know, they all have a special spot in the kindergarten classroom where nobody could see them. Some kids go to the bathroom and some kids go behind the Mm -hmm. table and some kids go under this desk. We know. And it's just, sometimes it just stops me in my tracks. Mm -hmm. So I think Like I said, I've thought about this for a while, that it's something that we should talk about because it's something that intermittently becomes very front of mind. And I had this really disturbing thought, like, when do you record an episode on a school shooting or on a mass shooting? And the thought that popped Hmm. up in my head was, well, I Mm -hmm. guess after the next one. I know. That's icky. It's really, really icky. And yet again, this is something that I don't think about it every minute of every day, but it's something that's fairly accurate. There's going to be another one. Oh, yeah. It's a matter of time. Yeah. I hate to say it. 
And how this impacts us really does depend on what's happened in the world lately. So I thought it would be worthwhile to take a moment. Like, I don't want to wait for the next one to happen. I hope that another one never happens. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to ignore the fact that this is something that we live with even when it's not imminent because we do live with this. So I thought we should talk about it now. It is a topic that we need to talk about and have honest conversation about it. And I don't know that there's a person who hasn't thought about it, regardless of if it's Mm -hmm. from a child setting in a school setting or just a large Mm -hmm. crowd or being somewhere. It's become a universal fear. In our country. It's worth noting that it is not like this everywhere. For a while, we had au pairs that came from other countries, and some of what they receive about the U.S. is about mass shootings and gun violence. Different state departments have warnings about traveling to the U.S. This is dangerous in a way that it's not dangerous in your country. Honestly, it's embarrassing. Okay, but to be fair, they have those same warnings when you go to Mexico, and Mexico and the people of Mexico and the culture in general is a beautiful place that I love. And all the media right. will tell you is don't go there. There's so much violence. So to be fair, it's not always accurate. Yes, and, yes, and right? This is a story of and. It's not inaccurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we don't walk down the street getting shot at every day, although there's certain no. places in our country where this is true. But it is a problem. It is a real thing that is part mm-hmm. of our culture at this point that is bananas. So I wonder if we can talk about what it's like to be a woman, to be a parent, to be a therapist in the days after a big shooting has happened, what that feels like, how we talk about it when something is really, really fresh and current. Sometimes we do become desensitized to this. I mean, honestly, they happen enough that you could miss them. You know, if you didn't like tune into the news that day, you could just not even hear about it. But the one that really was so impossible to deal with was the Uvalde shooting this last year. There's not a lot of times in our work where I feel like I can't do my work. And I remember feeling like, I don't know that I can do my work Mm. this week. Because I was dealing with my own distress about what had happened, my own horror, my own fears. And everybody who was coming into my office was also dealing with that. It was hard to function in some ways. You know, I think as a therapist, I don't get it quite as much as I used to, which is I'm not saying a good thing at all. Now, remember, I work with sudden traumatic loss. So a lot of the times the lens in which we look at it is talking about Mm -hmm. the tragic loss that families are now going through and the empathy that we hold for that. So that is a big Mm -hmm. part of our conversation. I will say that I turn very logic-oriented in these situations. I don't look stuff up. I don't watch it. I very much believe that what we see now very Mm -hmm. much has caused a lot of trauma within people. We should not have to see visuals Mm -hmm. like we see. I'm very, very against that. And I just know my own boundaries as an individual that it will take me down a dark hole if I Mm -hmm. watch it. Mm -hmm. So I just don't. And I, as a Mm -hmm. person now, go to what can I control? Because I can't control this at all. And I don't like that feeling. And again, not saying to accept it or that any of it is right. But with this, 
I tend to compartmentalize it a lot more than other things. Yeah, well, because you have to. Yeah, you have to. And it's hard to hold space. Like you said, it is hard as a therapist. I Mm -hmm. mean, I I feel like COVID Mm -hmm. was universal like that too, from the standpoint of it's really hard to talk through or assist somebody through something that you Mm -hmm. yourself are also feeling and experiencing. That is hard. And I think that in the past few years, as a therapist, I have experienced that more than I Mm -hmm. have in my entire professional career. I'm like, want to say, me too. I'm, I feel that way too. I don't know what to do. Right. And I do say that, hard. you know, I think, yeah, I don't think it serves yeah, anyone absolutely. to pretend that it doesn't bother us. Uh-huh. Like it does. You know, I think sometimes when you're sitting across from someone who's going, I didn't know how to put my kids on the bus to school this morning and they're not sure what to do, that it's, it's okay to say, you know, I didn't know either. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. So you brought up something that was really important, which is when these things have happened, There isn't a right or wrong in terms of how you should engage with it. I would say less is better. Mm -hmm. Less is better. Oh, yeah. I think that watching explicit clips on the media, sometimes we can tell ourselves, I can't look away. It's my responsibility to look. It's not. It's not your responsibility to look. No. And it is not burying your head in the sand. Because I hear that one a lot. If I don't watch, if I don't look, I'm burying my head in the sand. No. As somebody who works with trauma every single day, that is not true. In fact, you could be very much engaging by saying this is so horrifying. This is so upsetting that I have to honor the bigness of it by not engaging, by not looking. It doesn't mean that you don't care. So... It's important to just notice how that kind of coverage impacts you. I do think that a lot of times people will feel guilty. They'll feel like, I'm not doing this right. And there's no right way to do this. There's no right way to handle a cultural traumatic loss. Agree. I also think, and I'm curious to know, sometimes this can cause problems with people in our lives. So I know that for me, when I get upset about something as a more pursuing partner, like I want to talk about it. I want to seek comfort in other people. And for the withdrawing partners or friends out there, the people who need to move more away, like that's the opposite of what they want or can handle. Have you seen that in your practice? Yeah, I do. I see that. And I feel like I've been on both sides of it too. Mm -hmm. If I'm being Mm -hmm. honest, I think that I will tend to want to pursue and talk through it with my husband. Mm -hmm. With others, I tend to do the opposite. I tend to Mm -hmm. withdraw from it. And Mm -hmm. it depends on the topic. I think sometimes I just don't have the space. I I really just don't have the space to hold it. And in other ways, I think... I can get really frustrated with focusing on a problem. Mm-hmm. But I think this has also become a hot topic. We have to say that, right? It's become mm-hmm. this hot topic, which anything that becomes a hot topic, the reason I hate hot topics is because it removes the ability to talk about it mm-hmm. when we need to. Mm-hmm. Now that we're talking about it, it's this aha of why I don't like talking about it sometimes yeah. is because it's become a hot topic. 
And I love, love having critical thinking conversations with people and talking through things. And for some reason, when it becomes a hot topic, even if it's an emotionally charged one, right? Emotion is obviously going to make it harder. Mm-hmm. We've almost eliminated the ability to talk about it unless you completely agree with every single aspect of every little thing. Right. And that right. sucks. Yeah. We kind of pre-talked yeah. about this episode for a minute and I could sense it feeling a little bit heated. Like, uh-oh. Oh, no, yeah. This is a big topic and we might not talk about it in the same way. And what's that going to be like? Which on one hand is so bonkers to me because I'm like, are we not all aligned on the fact that school shootings are bad, which of course we are, that mass shootings are bad? Of course we are, right? right? Of course. So how can these things be so difficult to talk about? Hmm. How? How? I know. It makes me feel insane. So that's another thing that it can do is that not only are there these pursuer and withdrawer patterns in our marriages or in our friendships or in our families, but it can lead to massive social discord. 100%. When a big shooting happens like this and then there's media coverage of it and people are so inflammatory about it and people just start screaming at one another, it can make it feel just impossible. Yeah. This feels like a good time for a pause. We'll be right back. Maybe a big event happens and it spurs you to like, I want to get involved in a cause. I want to do something here. And maybe it goes the other way where you go, this is fucking hopeless. Yeah. And I think that's where it's gotten for me a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think as humans, if this wasn't a hot topic and we just made it a human topic, we would all align. Yeah. (laughs) Not everybody, right? But the vast majority of people would 100% all be on the same page and it's become this or that or that or this or that. It's become so complicated. And I think anything that has become complicated, I personally withdraw from a little bit more and I get a little bit about it, right? And I think with this conversation, which we talked about a little bit before or, you know, when when I was kind of writing out my notes to you is I grew up in Colorado. Mm -hmm. I was not far from Columbine when Columbine happened. Mm -hmm. I was... 15 years old, 15, 15 years old. I always have to do the math. I think I, mm-hmm. I was, I remember where I was mostly because I was skipping a class that day. Um, <laughs> whoopsies. And the, and I remember thinking, oh my God, what's happening? Cause it was on where this restaurant where we were. And then I was like, I'm in so much trouble because all schools in and around the area went on lockdown. Right. Right. And, and you were locked out there. Oh, I was not there. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. Whoopsie daisies. So, and then I, I went to college with individuals from Columbine who, some of which were injured in that event, others who were in the library. This is not new for me, which mm-hmm. is also sad. I'm mm-hmm. 40 years old, which means for more of my life than not, school shootings have been a part. Right. And that to me, I think is where I sometimes struggle with talking about it is mm-hmm. that a lot of times it's talked about like right now in the past couple years and no, no, this is where I get mad where I'm like, no, in what, 20 plus years, there hasn't been anybody who can figure out how to stop this from happening. Right. That's where I think I get 
my anger starts to come out with how hot topic is it is because mm -hmm. historically speaking, this should not be a hot topic. This should have been handled mm -hmm. or dealt with or figured out or found a solution for decades ago. Right. Yeah. So I think you bring up something that's important, which is when a school shooting or a mass shooting has not recently happened, we're still interacting with the fact that this is part of our cultural identity. This is something that happened in your formative years. I was also in high school when Columbine happened. But I have to say, I really did not think that it would be something that was continuing. You think about all of these shootings happening everywhere in every kind of situation. Every time one happens, it's just so horrifying. It does bring up that sense of something has to change. It's like, you know, you take this horrifying thing and you put it in a box the rest of the time. If something hasn't happened recently, we compartmentalize. We have to because we won't function otherwise. This isn't even like a choice, guys. This is just a thing that's going to happen so that you can leave your house tomorrow. It goes in the box, the box goes on the shelf, and you just carry on. And until something horrible happens again, which is way too often in this country, like a shocking number of times, there was one point this year where there were more mass shootings than days in the year. I mean, gun violence has absolutely escalated oh, since Columbine. Yeah. But when something hasn't happened, like the box is still there. I know that you mentioned that you live close to your kid's school. Mm-hmm. Right around the corner. Mm -hmm. My office is right down the street. And yeah, my home. I'm I'm in, mm -hmm. I'm in a very small little bubble. Mm -hmm. I keep everything really close. But yes, when I mentioned being close to my kids' school, I would be lying if I said my heart didn't skip a beat every time mm -hmm. a siren. Every time. Yeah, my office is really close to a local high school. And I think there were three times this past spring where there was either an active shooter threat or a bomb threat. Three times. So I'd be in the office and then all these high schoolers are passing by. And then you're just like, well, did you have, okay, just a quick side question. Did you have bomb threats when you were in high school? I don't think so. I feel like there was a threat of a bomb threat, like whispers. So we did. You we know? did. We did. Yeah, we did. We had those. So I was like, I, I got to be honest, when I heard the bomb thing, I was like, oh, it was a little, this sounds really bad to say, but it was a little refreshing. So I was like, oh, the good old days, right? Like. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. It's like sometimes you have to just make light of terrible things, right? Right. Is that to me? But it was like, okay, whatever. You clear the building. They come in. They check. And you're good. Like it was mm -hmm. never to mm -hmm. me. I remember being – maybe a lot of stuff happens in Colorado. So um, I remember, you know, being like, cool. I don't have to be in math class. We got to clear the building. It shows how like a teenage mind can process that. Teenagers 100%. are very, very bad at assessing risk and threat. They do not hold that well. They do not have the white matter in their brains that allows them to connect the thinking part, the risk-taking part with the rest of it, which is why they can also carry on. Correct. And tell me about hiding under their desks. Yeah, a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Actually, my daughter in this was more upset about the tornado drill because she had to put her head down and she saw a spider web and was very angry that she could not be moved to a different area. <laughs> She's very angry about that. Mm -hmm. They're very here and now. Yes. They're very here and now. So their experience of it is different. And it's also something that they have unfortunately grown up with. So even when something has not happened recently, this is a part of our experience. I know I have my own little pop-ups of moments of fear or that moment at our 
dinner table where all of a sudden this thing that, you know, this ugly, ugly, dangerous thing that's in the box, that's in the closet, that's under the stack of sweaters, that's, you know, the thing that I've got put away where it just like, there it is, you know, on the table. It just, it pops up and it's part of what we live with. So I know we talked about this before, and this is the part where it might get a little dicey. I've done a little research on this and have heard a lot of podcasts and things because every time there's a mass shooting, we're talking about it, right? And what I've heard and the research that I found over the past, I mean, the past year for sure, but even this morning, is that while we are a super divided country, we actually seem to agree on this overwhelmingly. Here's what I saw just this morning. Based on recent polling data, most Americans are concerned about this and they want a solution. It's something like 80%. This was in a poll by the University of Chicago Harris School of Public Policy and the Associated Press. And the poll was conducted last year after the Highland Park shooting, the Uvalde shooting, the New York grocery store shooting. So it was conducted over a few days. This is very interesting. Eight in 10 Americans perceive that gun violence in the country is increasing. And two-thirds of people say it's increasing in their state, but less than half believe it's increasing in their community. Interesting. What that says to me is that the way that we deal with this situation is we know that it's a threat, but we still believe it's not going to happen to us. Ooh, I don't read it like that. Really? What do you read it like? I read it as... I think this is a problem because that's what I've been told. But if I actually assess my community, here's where I think it lies. Oh, I'm so fascinated. I actually, I can align with that. I can. I can align with both. Can you? Totally. 100%. I actually think both of those things are true. When something is so troubling and we can't deal with the fact that it exists, we other it. Yes. That's something that happens out there. And... And this is really important. And this is why you don't have to watch the news every minute of every day to find out every horrible thing that happens, because we need to counterbalance our narrative of the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket and everything is scary and everything is terrifying and threat is around every corner with your actual lived experience. Yes. I really don't think we benefit from knowing every bad thing that happens in the world at all times, while I think this is a real problem that needs to be solved. Agree. And so that poll that I mentioned showed that 71% of Americans say that gun laws should be stricter, including about half of Republicans, the vast majority of Democrats, and a majority of those who own guns and have them in their mm -hmm. own household. That's one source, right? So you should always go and look for other reporting, other sources, other polls, whatever. But just this morning, quick Google search, and I'm happy to put this stuff in the show notes. Fox News did a poll and reported on April 29th of this year that voters overwhelmingly want restrictions on guns. CNN reported at the end of May that most Americans want stricter gun control, but they're divided on whether guns make public places safer. But the point of all of that is that most people think that this is a problem. Mm -hmm. And most people would like there to be more gun control, among other things. They don't always agree on exactly the laws that should be put in place. But to be fair, and I'll link again to the study, most people agree on most of the laws that should be in place. Yeah. This is a big problem that needs a solution. And the vast majority of people want one, but we don't know how to get it. Right. So this isn't something new. It's something that we as women and parents in the age of mass shootings have to shoulder, though, in ways that generations of people before us have not had to. 
like Jessica and I said, Columbine happened when I was a junior in high school. And I promise you, at that time, my mother did not send me to school and fear that I would be gunned down in a mass shooting, even though the first one had happened. But I do fear that when I send my kids to school. If we have a bad morning, the thought that I think in my head is, what if we didn't repair well enough before school? What if they don't come home? Not every day, but sometimes. And I doubt that my mom sat down in a movie theater or a concert venue and immediately checked, like, where are the exits? Or leaned over to her husband and whispered, if something happens, you go this way and I go that way. But I've done that. Or has a fleeting thought, like walking down the street or shopping in the grocery store, I wonder what I would do if. But I do. Not every moment of every day, but sometimes... I do. So to the woman who's listening, who has to deal with this new normal, you have to remember, this is not normal. And if you struggle to send your kids to school in the morning sometimes, or feel guilty when you go on about your day, if you have a relationship that suffers over the issue or a lot of conflict in your life or if you alternate between compartmentalizing and then feeling guilty about it, just know that, yeah, these sound like really normal ways to be impacted by a totally not normal situation. It is hard to be a woman and it's hard to be a mother in the age of mass shootings. And while we don't have a solution, just know that there are likely millions of other women and definitely at least two somewhat activated and spicy therapists who are right there with you. You've just finished an episode of the Honest Women podcast. We are so honored that you would spend this time with us. We have so much more where this came from and don't want you to miss a minute. So please, right now, take a second to follow the show. While you're there, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It's the best way to help other women find our show so they can join the conversation. And if you have a friend who could use a little more honesty in her life, and who couldn't, send this episode directly to her. Actually, send this episode to anyone you want to. Everyone's welcome here. We'll be back next Wednesday speaking some truth and feeling some feels. Until then, hang in there, ladies. This has been Honest Women.